1: I'm the greatest thing and I don't have a mark on my face. I'm the greatest thing that and I don't have a mark on my face. Yes. And i upset, Sonny and listen, and I just turned 22 years old. I must be the greatest. No, I told the world I talk to God every day. If God's with me, Keno's yes. out of your judgment Sonny, I'm the world. Yes. I'm, yes. So I'm not the real God. Yes. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Cassius. Yes. I am the king of the world. Yes. Hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm pretty. Hold it, you're not that pretty. I'm a bad man. Wait, that's the sound of the police That's the sound of the bees That's the sound of the police <laughs> That's the sound of the beat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, welcome to a Boxing Moment Here on Real Sports Guys uh, Before we toss it over to you know Our main uh, lead person here with the Boxing Moment My man Darnell I always want to remind you guys to go to realsportsguys.com to Check out all things RSG. Yes, and it's official the band officially will be getting back together. For you old timers who are listening, uh, used to listen to the Big Show, we're about to bring uh, Marcus, the game changer, back in. You know, Phil T P H D back in the real. It's gonna be. It's gonna be like. It's gonna be like when Bell Bibb Devoe got together. Back together, B B D. You know, when they had the album, everybody said, "Oh, they they back in the studio. They back in the studio. Well, they back in the studio, boy. Pay attention because we'll be hitting it live. Our first show will hit a lot of the NBA stuff." You know it's going to be hot. There's a lot going on with RSG, so check us out on realsportsguys.com uh, uh, if you want to catch on everything else. But this is a boxing moment. This is where we spend a little bit of time digging into boxing, and, you know, we got a resident expert. We're going to give it over to my man, Darnell Kirkland. What's up, Darnell?
1: What's going on? What's going on? It's been a long time. We should have left you without a dope pod to step to. Uh, we didn't get to talk about Tyson Fury last week, but today we're going to dig into it. Did Paulie Malignaggi, did he get robbed? I saw your boy Devon think so, so let's dig into it. Uh, you saw, um, the Tyson Fury fight a week or so ago. Um, did he impress you in the fight? I know, um, um, with the, with the way all the commentators and, you know, all the people talking about the fight was, um. I knew since it was what it was the first title ESPN, there was gonna be a lot of fanfare within um from the uh, from the company, but it seemed like every other second they're talking about he is the lineal champion. He had the same lineal championship that Evander Holyfield and Lennox Lewis and um it was this big it was this big um event and that's one thing I gotta give credit to ESPN for because um it's as far as all the um, all the platforms that show boxing, i I got to say you have probably the best presentation out of all of them. So, uh, the Titans, um, did he impress you in the last fight?
0: Well, I'll start by saying, I said this a long time ago, it. I mean, we, even as you know, we started out talking to Doug Fisher when this was going and streaming, everything else, I said when ESPN got in the game, it's going to change it. Now, I know with some debate going back and forth, but one thing they do know, they know promotion. Um, and I felt like they did uh, make it larger life. They really, like you said, drove that lineal champion. Uh, he, wore the, he wore the specialized outfit with, you know, showing all the champions. When he walked out, you know, he walked out with these signs representing key moments of history with the lineal championship trying to reinforce that theme. But to talk about the fight, you know, he did impress me. And, you know, we can debate about his, his opponent Schwartz and what he meant and everything else. But he beat him like he's supposed to beat him. He, be, he made him look like uh, uh, the, the kind of opponent he was. And what I loved about it is I love, you know, everybody you know, talked about the weight he came in, the added weight. But I love the movement he had. I love the angles. I love the showmanship. Um, and the knockout was incredible the way he did it. It felt very Ali-esque uh, in his knockout. So I was very impressed in, the, in, in what he displayed in that ring. Um, and he disposed of him the way he was supposed to dispose of somebody uh with the you know with the caliber skills that swartz had. So I was impressed with how he did it, uh, the way he caught him, um, and the angles he showed uh in the showmanship, um, which, you know, sets up for a a really nice opportunity if uh Wilder can get past Ortiz. All
1: right. In my opinion, he didn't really impress me much. Um I he I, I, I will attest to what you said when you have a guy in there that's not supposed to be in there with you, you're supposed to treat him like he's not supposed to be in there with you, and I give him all respect for doing so. But to be, but to be honest, his opponent, like Stephen A. used to say, was a bona fide scrub. <laughs> he was one of those guys you can go, um, you could throw a beer bottle in the in the ring and hit him. I mean, he is. He had no defense. It was like it was illegal for him to move his head, like Kurt um, Singer that used to um say. But um, yeah, uh, and with the commentator, like, what do you think about the lineal championship kind of thing that they're saying? And do you think um, uh, Tyson Fury is a lineal uh, heavyweight champion because um, he did get stripped of his title because he tested positive for Angelo, which is um, anabolic. It's a sort of anabolic steroid. So he got stripped of his title because of that, and he retired. He didn't fight for three years. And if you look at the rules for um, the middle championship, well, um, the championship changes hands. Uh, it, it, um it passes. The window championship passes when a flyer retires, or when a fighter uh, moves moves weight moves weight classes, or they're defeated. So um, I'm interested in seeing your thoughts about that.
0: With um, Tyson Fury? Well, I mean, I would say that he clearly beat the man that beat the man that beat the man. And uh, he beat Klitschko. None of these other guys beat Klitschko. But did he? He he beat him.
1: Did he beat the man that beat the man?
0: He did beat the man that beat the man. Right? Klitschko was the lineal champ, right? Or no? How?
1: How how was Klitschko the lineal champion?
0: Because I I I believe I mean what's the I, that's that's been the way it's been directed.
1: You said that, yeah, the Leno the Leno champion, like well, you said, is the man that beat the man. Lennox Lewis was the he was the man he was the champion. Did Vladimir Klitschko ever beat Lennox Lewis?
0: But but Vladimir Klitschko ever Lewis. fight Lennox
1: hold, Lewis?
0: Hold, hold, hold on Lennox Lewis retired. You just said what it was. Lennox Lewis retired, and Klitschko was the one who won that belt. Correct. Right, James, Right sides changed, right? So you he but, um, so he had he had the belt. Right. He, 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 Klitschko was the ring. He held his, no. how long was Klitschko's champ he held all that? I mean Klitschko was the. Uh, he has never been he, undisputed
1: though.
0: But I said, but by all boxing experts, Klitschko is the man. Klitschko is the most dominant guy over a long period of time, especially under at Lennox Lewis. Nobody would debate. Nobody debates that. Now you might like, you might not like, you might not like the fact that, uh, you know, the, the drugs and you know people act differently about you know performance-enhancing drugs, whether it's football or versus boxing versus how they feel about it, about baseball and you know fans get real finicky about that, um, but but theoretically the way it's all been described is it passed from Lennox Lewis to Klitschko, and Klitschko's held for a, and Klitschko dominated for a long period of time. There was no question that Klitschko was the best heavyweight in the world. You could call it unified, whatever, but there was no—if you asked anybody over the period of time, he was dominating. He was the best heavyweight in the world, not even close. Do you
1: believe Vladimir Klitschko was better than Vitali Klitschko? Yeah. You do?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, he was—he held it. He was it. <laughs> or you could call it Klitschko altogether. Well, Vladimir Klitschko knocked
1: out who avenged his losses? What? He wasn't going in there getting rematches. No. Um. Anyway, I'm yeah. right, well, for, for, for a lot of parts, I'm arguing just for the sake of arguing. Um, arguing, but um, these are these points that what, could what be brought up.
0: What I would say, what I to to agree with you, I think the point you're trying to get to is, given the current state of the heavyweight division, this is more marketing than reality. Because you, in some ways, you need to have. Like you have at all these other weights, you know, these round-robin tournaments, because of the nature of it, you know, these top heavyweights need to fight because this is the era where you can really cement it. And I think it, it, it takes value away from potentially great fights because you you do have arguments for people, uh, someone like Wilder. Um, before Joshua lost, he was a three-person race. But there, there's some other pieces. So is it is it a sealed deal like it was even under the Klitschko piece? No. I think there's a lot of debate about who, who's the Leo champ versus who's, who do you think is the best? That's a big-time debate now given the, the number of quality heavyweights that we have. So in that respect, I think I'm in your camp in saying this is an opportunity for us to really cement who that lineal person is because we have so many quality fights that could be made.
1: Correct, because if um, Andrew Weave does get past um, Anthony Joshua a second time, and um they they just say two trust series and have the Andrew Lee versus Wilder fight. The winner the that is is the undisputed heavyweight champion. And by the rules, that champion is automatically the winning champion. So um yeah. it's possible it's possible that um the winning championship could change hands. Uh, yeah. but at the same time, the, the champion is, the the lineal championship is a theoretical championship. It's not necessarily a physical belt that is, well, um,
0: it, it, it is that, that has an official kind of rule and, and, and Ring has been the keeper Ring Magazine the Bible of boxing has been the, I think pretty much the keeper whoever's the Ring Magazine champion has kind of been right The, the kind of the millennial person is that correct or no I don't know about
1: that
0: I think I think I think they've always tried to make it the Ring Magazine champion it's kind of always Ring has almost been like the keeper of the history so I think usually Ring maybe, maybe we get Doug on he could probably talk to us a little bit more about it but I think Ring Magazine yep. might be the keeper of the lineal champion, because they always always say after it, the Ring Magazine champion. So maybe, you know, we have a chance to check the Ring Magazine rankings, but um, they're usually connected to Ring Magazine as kind of the keeper of that lineal championship. But that might be something we have Doug even. We get Doug on one of our shows here coming up, and maybe Doug give us a little bit more background on that. So speaking of type
1: of and opponent, um have you gotten a chance to look at um, the ranking system within the sport of boxing and how certain guys kind of get placed in their positions? Because I'm looking at the list of WBO WBO rankings right now. And it's kind of interesting to say, how do you – how would um, Tom Forrest ever – ranked above and series do you do you have any justification for
0: this this is this is why this is the one advantage that UFC has over boxing is their ability to to to, to really have uh, a ranking system and a system of 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 competition that you can trust this is where boxing all goes wrong when you look at all these rankings half these guys you and I don't know they got ranked up here uh, because everybody's trying to control their own little thiefdom and justify their matchups. But there's no way in anybody's earth that sports can ever be over Fury. I mean, they even have that. And then sell it to you in a way that you got to believe it. When you look at some of these rankings, how these people you don't even know. And it's like, that's boxing's problem. And uh, unless boxing can clean that up, you know, um, or we, as fans, we just stop igno- watching that and just, you know, use use things like Ring Magazine, and we try to standardize it ourselves. But this is why this is where boxing goes wrong and fails to do anything. Because no way in the world you can justify that with a straight face. All
1: right. So, um, do you want me to read the top ten for the WBO for last month? That's why
0: let us go. So we can entertain our listeners. to Alright, yeah, right.
1: right. ahead. and White number one. Billy and White number one. I know we can fight. I kind of respect it. Tom Schwartz, we all saw him against Tiger Fury. Number three, Tiger Fury. Number four, Oscar is He's pretty good. I've seen the fight, and he's going to be fighting Daniel White coming in pretty soon. But um, they, I never heard of him, but he had a he had a, tw- a record twenty oh and oh was um he might be good, he might not. I have to check. I have to check him out. small. He's thirteen and I don't know about that. Junior Fall, I've heard of him, number seven. He's a he's a nice little prospect coming up. Caballero, I gotta think if I have seen him before. Somebody Romanov is twelve and zero. And get and guess who was the number eleven? Who was ranked number eleven in um, the WBM? <laughs> Andrew Weeves. We all saw what Andrew Weeves did to ask me, Joshua. So why? Uh, I know um, hindsight is twenty twenty, but if even with the use of hindsight from back then, we all knew Andrew Reeves was a really good fighter. So I don't know how some of these guys are ahead of him, but you know that's just me. So um, <laughs> did you did you watch the fight this week? Did you watch the fight this week?
0: Uh, which which fight?
1: I was gonna um, go into the Charlo um, card, but, but you actually, there was the a, a fight Friday, it, it, right?
0: And it, 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 uh, uh, you talking about the Poly?
1: That's it. Yeah, we can talk about the Poly Bogdanovich fight because I know you had a lot of you had a lot of opinions about that fight. So, John, just take it from here. Um, I'll listen to what you guys can say.
0: No I, I, no, I think, you know, first, for, for people who didn't know, uh, uh, Paulie Malignaggi um, agreed to fight in this bare knuckles uh, uh, match. Um, and a lot of it came off of uh, the, the um, chatter that had been going back and forth um, regarding some of the prep work that he did with Conor McGregory um, prior to the Mayweather fight and whether or not he got knocked down. And so he ended up fighting uh, a guy from, in some ways, McGregor's camp uh, who was involved in bare knuckles. Um, It had a lot of emotion going back and forth coming up to uh, the pre-fight. You know, know, Paulie spits in his guy's face, slaps him. A lot of just a lot of craziness. But, you know, one of the things about bare knuckles is is that, um, you know, I realized that when I watched some of the undercard fights, that, that this was something that favored more from a scoring standpoint, more of an MMA-style crowd in terms of uh, it, it, it was really about uh, whether or not you were doing damage and, 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 and looking for knockouts. There's a lot of different kind of energy. Uh, it wasn't about, you know, scoring and points because, you know, People who follow my analogy, even as a boxer, he wasn't knocking anybody out. He's a technician. He's gonna touch you up. He's gonna outclass you. He's gonna do that. But that wasn't this kind of environment. So even the pre-fights, I was like kind of worried. So I watched the fight, and the two rounds, first two rounds, were I think obviously scored for him. He was, he was, he was, but he was doing a lot with jabs, and he was, he, he was, he was effective with the jabs. Through the third round, for the most of it, all the way up to about 15 seconds left, he was owning that round. Uh, he got hit with a little hook. But it wasn't nothing that I felt like was, he stumbled, but it wasn't nothing that didn't to, to give him the score. Uh, the fourth round, I would say uh, he might have lost. Fifth round, he was winning for most of it. And then I thought there was some charge at the end. But overall, I thought he, he won slight. So then he lost. And then I kind of posted saying, wow, I feel like he got robbed. Because part of it was I felt like he was part of a setup and at a post-fighting, so Darnell and I were going back and forth on Twitter because Darnell thought he lost, which a lot, I think a lot of people can look both ways and see these different things. But my whole thing was, it, you know, when, you, when I started getting MMA people chiming in on it, it was like, well, he didn't finish him. But Paulie do not finish nobody you know, bare knuckles because Paulie wasn't finishing people when he was a boxer. And the fact that you were just judging whether or not he could finish the guy, this guy's a tough guy. Not, you're not just going to knock him out. But he was scoring on him, and he was hitting it with jabs. And if you, if you were using copy box, he was touching them way more three to one uh, than, than this guy was hitting on him. And you can talk about effective punches, and we'll talk about that. But most of the damage done on Paulie was done on one clinch where the guy was kind of hitting him like you would in the schoolyard, like rapid hits to the face. That's what cut up most of his face on one clinch in one round. So that was my whole thing. You know, but Paulie should have had, in my mind, First of all, I'm not gonna. I'm, one thing I will appreciate about Paulie, because a lot of cats wouldn't, st- wouldn't, stretch out and do something like this. Timmy cats play too close to the vest, so I'm not gonna be critical about that. I'm glad he actually had the courage to step out. When there's some other fighters who probably would have been more conducive to this style of fighting, who probably should have stepped out more to sort of Paulie. So I'm not gonna get on him about that. But at the same time, he had to be self-reflective to know that this wasn't the kind of combat sport that um, actually. Favor someone like him who's a technician. This is a sport that's looking for people to get knocked out in one punch, similar to what you might see in a UFC fight. This wasn't looking for somebody who's going to try and touch people up. So that was my, more my my push. And I think the sport will evolve. I think it's I think it's got a, a potential, great potential future. So I'm not going to say, I think Bare Knuckles has a, a potential future. Um, I think it's going to evolve. Kind of UFC and other combat sports have evolved. I think they'll get better. They'll evolve over time. Um, they're going to. I'm just scared when they get some real boxers in there, somebody gonna die. Because I think people people judging boxing on base what Pauly did in there are gonna make a grave mistake when you get somebody in who can really thump, who's a boxer. Like you get you get uh, did you, see that? you get you get uh, Marquez, you get anybody in there who's a thumper and really throws some straight stuff, somebody dying.
1: Okay. Did you see that? Um. Did you see that on Twitter? When well, it was um, the it, that actually what you're talking about actually happened. Um. There's a guy. Um. His weight class, I think, is um, is equivalent to what we what we would call lightweight. And that and the champion for UFC, he um, he was supposedly calling out Lomachenko for bare for a bare knuckle fight. He said um. If uh, a guy that was 13 or 15 in MMA could beat a guy that was a, a two time world champion in boxing, just imagine what a current champion in USC would do to a current champion in, in UFC, And he tagged the fiddle on the tank on So I don't know if he's on some kind of. I don't know if he was on some additional or uh body needs to visit him uh, <laughs> he's gonna be sadly mistaken if he gets in the ring with Logateco. But I just wanna give my thoughts on the fight because um with the first two rounds I agree a lot with you because um Paulie he was he was um I'll give him the first round because it was like a feeling out round and he was controlling the real estate very well. He was flipping punches, coming back with a jab. And the second round he was doing a lot of the same things. He landed a good right hand probably the best punch of the fight um, did Paul Malinazi. But in the third round, uh, most of the round, like, even, even if he was scoring it like a boxing fight, in my opinion, because I know how judges think for the most part, if there's, if there's not a lot of action going on, one or two flurries can, like, swing around. Like, uh, Paul you could say Pauly was controlling the real estate, really, but he... He wasn't really landing much in that third round either. Like he was probably he probably landed about three or four jabs, um, like spaced out on each other. I know the rounds are shorter in, in bare knuckle fighting because it's only two rounds. I mean, they're only two minute rounds. But um, with about forty seconds left to go in the third round, Artem um, automobile landed like a sleeping left hook, while um, Paulie Carnell Paulie was trying to pivot away, and Paulie kind of stumbled away. And then he um he followed up and landed a few more punches and a couple more combinations and in my opinion, he slung around Sigway Leonard style, even though of course he doesn't have any anyway, more skill skills Sigurae Leonard has. I was just making a reference to his fight with Hagley and how he was still around. But um, the fourth the fourth round and the fifth round, I know not probably said he he injured his hand and I hope he did because um, he really wasn't following up with anything. You were saying he he was landing a lot of jabs. Well, she landed a few jabs, but I don't know if his his punches were necessarily effective because it's not like his jab was um, snapping his head back. His jab wasn't necessarily stopping his forward progress. He was pretty much walking through his punches and landing punches of his own. That's why I thought um Artem was winning the lot the the latter rounds, the last two rounds. But um. Uh, and even if it was um even if i fought um probably one by one round I wouldn't necessarily call that a robbery because close fights um- close in, in fights that are close judges can um see things differently than I do but um uh that's pretty much my thoughts on that and
0: I like what you hear <laughs> um, the reason, the, I, um, call the, the, the reason why I called it a robbery was that you could feel – you could feel the overwhelming bias, and it was interesting because I think you, I think you made a lot of good points, <laughs> but I think you contextualize it when you think about the environment. You watching the, uh, the the environment, mm-hmm. that arena was pro MMA. Th- that sport right now is pro MMA, and it had and and so there was there was an element of it that said, "Man, Paulie, you gonna have to win conventionally to win here." It was, it just felt like that kind of environment um, in a way. And in that point, at that point, I was like, "This is not the kind of fight for you. Like, you you, you need to be one of these cats with some pop uh, to be in here fighting." And it was almost like he got pulled in on some false pretenses. And I think he thought he was gonna get some courtesy he wasn't gonna get. And I think that right hand you said he hit him with—that's why I think he broke his hand, and so that kind of changed the fight a little bit. So I I just felt like he was already fighting an uphill battle when he stepped in the ring in ways that. It shouldn't have been. Like, it felt like he was a B-side when he should have been the A-side. And he had to even remind him he was the A-side. Was he was the A-side. But I don't think they treated him like the A-side. And and it even he had to remind him even at the press conference, I'm the A-side. Like, don't don't say Lobov than Malinaji, He's Malinowski. Like, there were some other pieces there that was really interesting. And maybe he shouldn't have figured out he should have been uh had that kinda but it just felt like it wasn't a ba- it wasn't a right setup for him. And he ain't the right fighter to come into there. Just the way it is. He's not a right. he's not a bare knuckles kinda cat cat because he's a technician. You need a you need a boxer with some pop. But I I'm afraid somebody gonna get killed, they get the wrong boxer up here. You start asking people like lomon Chico and these cats come up here like y'all 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 boxing up the wrong tree. Don't and I think this is gonna be fool's gold for these M M. A guys to be thinking based on this Malunaji thing, oh, we got him. Okay, okay. I mean, like I'm like Jay Z. Okay, you know, all right. Yeah, the real guy with pop get in there.
1: Right, and by my opinion, um, for Paul he didn't necessarily have to knock him out. Um, in my opinion, if he would have landed, if he would have threw more combinations or landed more punches, like he was um doing a whole lot of things, but when he threw a punch, it was always only one at a time. Um. I, he did ran that a couple he, clear jabs to the body, but if he would have followed yeah. up with a, with a with a second punch or a second or third punch and they got out of there, he would have um, impressed the judges more.
0: And I think that's because he broke his hand, and that's what. Could you, what have you ever heard Steve Paulie not really throw combinations? Like he, that's one thing he will do, but I think he, you know once he broke his hand, he was just left with that left, which is not a great way to fight that kind of fight when you only got one arm, with a guy who could just basically rush you. And that like they're going to break the clinch up like they do in boxing, they're going to let you hold as long as you're active. And so I think that's when he broke his hand. I think he was at a disadvantage because he has a nice jab, but his jab is not as only as effective because he can touch you a little bit with that right hand and hit you with angles. And he, was, he, he obviously he wasn't using both, and there was a reason why he wasn't because he would not have just not done it. So, you know, but he, he, obviously he said he done. <laughs> he ain't coming back. So we won't see a Paulie too.
1: Do you believe? Do you think um, there is any longevity to be had in this sport? Because me personally, I look at this sport's gonna be around for too for for long because there's been a lot of guys that are older um, fighting this bare knuckle thing. Like you said earlier, I think um, somebody's gonna get hurt. in This sport is a is and I know I'm a guy when we talk football that um, kind of wishes football is the way it used to be. But this but this uh, bare-knuckle boxing thing is a little too much. It seems yeah, like... Um, to John L. Sullivan I, know, I know it didn't necessarily happen in the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I know it didn't necessarily happen in the Pauly fight, but if you watch the other fights, it seems like every other time somebody gets hit with a clean shot, they automatically get cut. Uh, the ring's looking like a <laughs> bloodbath yeah. in there. I know there's, there's a market for guys that like watching that, there was a certain section in the population that liked watching that, like but I don't know if this is, if this is sustainable.
0: Ooh, I'm going to ask you a question. What do you think David Tua would do to somebody?
1: I'm sorry, can you say that, again?
0: What, what do you think David Tua would do to somebody?
1: What, well, who? I think
0: I think I'm sorry, I, David, I didn't catch the name. Uh, David Tua, the heavyweight fighter. You remember David Tua? Oh, David Not Tua, no. David
1: Tua. Yeah, I know David Tua. I think you were cutting out a little bit. But yeah, yeah. David Tua, he would hurt somebody. Um, I know he's, he he's old now, but if he was in his prime, he might <laughs> he'd send somebody to the hospital for sure. They, uh especially any of those headways from back then, David Tua, Michael Bayaboutsi, Ray Bo, even a guy like um Raven Ruddick, all those guys from back then, man, it, it's not even a it's not even a comparison. But you would have the guys out there that are there. Like you said, there it's an MMA culture. They're more like an MMA, um, MMA strikers in there. But we have guys yeah. that were actually like pure punches in a boxing sense. Like if you put like Ray Mercer in there, or Tommy Morrison, or uh, don't, God, forbid, God forbid George Foreman was in there. But <laughs> oh my
0: goodness. I but, was thinking uh, about that. Oh my goodness!
1: <laughs> Bear Ooh. Knuckles. I think it it's just works a little bit too barbaric because you have a guy like Ernie Saber walking there or a guy like Johnson Wilder, somebody not might not get up. And that's something um Ashley um Anthony Johnson was talking and I know when we first saw the play about Nazi fight, you're saying um it seemed like it was shifted towards like an MMA audience, but yeah, the guy who runs it, he was an MMA fighter. He he recently retired, Ashley Rumble Johnson and he said he said himself Because Wilder was talking about maybe one day being in the burning of a bakery, and he said, We don't want him, he might actually kill somebody. And I (laughs) agree with him. Uh, Yeah, I
0: mean, come on, man. I mean, I mean, but you know, if these MMA guys keep talking, it's going to have to happen. It's going
1: to have to happen. Right. And on Friday, on Friday, you remember um Alberto Machado, the guy that was saying that uh, a while back ago and um that he that he could possibly beat Javante Davis and he got beat up yeah. with all them body shots by like, um Andrew Kin C- 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 or Cassio, C- I forgot how they pronounce his name. But they fought again on the zone on Friday and the exact same thing happened. He he um uh CEO, he had a cut on his arm, so so like um, they were they were saying, oh, um, he needs to do something because this cut might be a problem. But as soon as that happened, he turned the foot on just like that. He went right to his body, and uh, Alberto was trying to, I don't know if he's the weight because they said he um he might need to move up because maybe the great cut was too much for him, but he clearly cannot take body shots. And feel he had a very disciplined game plan to keep going to the body over and over and over again, to be, be um, diligent with his attack. And in the next round, the third round, he, he was able to stop him. Um, did you see that?
0: No, I didn't get a chance to watch that flight. I didn't get a chance you to see, see that. Yeah. That
1: no, okay. No. Um, but in my opinion... As you can and Tay Davis will be fireworks while it lasts, but you might see a homicide in the ring. But uh, <laughs> you might see homicide in the ring, but um, because Conceal is a guy, he's not gonna he's not gonna give up. He's not gonna stop punching. He's not gonna stop coming forward. And then Davis, this is this is a fight that's gonna really test Devontae Davis if it happens because. Um, we're gonna see if he can take take punishment because he's not going to let. He, it's not like um, it's not like um, Javante Davis has a style where he um moves around a lot and tries to box, even though he can box, but he doesn't easily do it. But um, is the guy that forces you to fight, and um, Javante Davis will most likely oblige and stand here and fight with him. So I think it will be it will be a very exciting fight for all for all the four rounds. But um, are gonna be a very special four rounds though. But um, moving on to uh, yesterday, we had the Charlo. Well, the we had the card that was supposed to be Charlo versus Harrison, but Harrison got injured about a month ago. He had to pull out of the fight, so he fought a guy named Jorge H- Cota, who I last see. Getting knocked out by Erickson Lubin. I don't know if he had any fights since then, but that's the only fight I've ever seen him fighting. He's a very awesome guy, and so it took, um, and so it took Charlo a good round or so to kind of catch up to him. But when he did, he knocked him out in Beyonce Wilder style fashion. That um, it was funny because Lennox um, Lewis said a good. Uh, he said right before it happened, "Oh, Charlo needs to." Um, Set him up with a, with a double jab and throw the right hand behind it. And he did it, and he knocked him down, like, a good 20 seconds um, after he said that. And then he got up, wobbling around. And I don't know if the fight should have been stopped, but um, it wasn't. They let it continue. The very next punch, he, he did it again, the one-two, and he put him to sleep. So uh, what did you think about this fight? Did you
0: impression I mean, you had I, you know, as I said on Twitter, I think it might have been uh, just what the doctor ordered for him. You know, there's a psychological thing you go through, particularly when you're a guy like Charlo who has really set these high standards for your career and to feel like you got robbed in a fight. There's a psychological battle you go through. And even though he, in his exterior he presents himself as somebody with a lot of bravado and confidence, you could tell he was searching for a reason why he had to go through this experience. And he even talked about watching uh, fighters who had lost and how they come back and still had hall of fame careers. You know, really try to get back on it in, in some ways the, the Harrison, um, you know, uh, injury and in allowing it for this fight to happen and, and make forcing him to adjust to a different kind of fighter. I mean, this guy got beat by um, leaving, but uh, you know, that's somebody who's got a lot of pop and like the only time he's ever been knocked out. And in fact, this is the earliest he's ever – he's only been knocked out once and been a pretty successful fighter. And then to be knocked out this early said a lot. You know, and the one thing I did want to see Charlo do more, but I think just because of who he is fighting made it a little bit more awkward. And I think they were talk a little bit more about this during the fighting character. Because against someone like Harrison, I think he needs to fight at a, a, a faster pace. He's got great hand speed and got pop, but sometimes he's waiting and hesitating too much. And I think when he picked up the pace, the way that – um, you know, um Lewis talked about and double jab to pick up the pace and he overwhelmed him. And I think in some ways caught because this guy likes to switch. Caught him in the middle of the switch and he with you know with a really uh, really good shot. And so I you know, it was something that uh, it was good to see but now, you know, it's time it's time for the rematch here later in the year. You know, I think uh, I think we're ready. You know, I think Harrison's still gonna come in ready. I think it's gonna be a great fight. I think he did a good thing for promoting that fight moving forward. Um, but you know, I, I think it, he he came out and did what he needed to do against a really good awkward fighter. Uh but I wanna see him be more active.
1: Well, I like to see him more active as well. I think he did a good job of boxing. Um a lot of guys, some a few guys are saying like um oh child was getting outboxed by a bum. I was like, You gotta re- you 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 don't know anything about boxing, man. You he had a guy in front of him that was very awkward, he got a um he had to kinda of adjust and get his timing down. And it seemed like as soon as he got his timing down, he was able to land it. He was able to land whatever he wanted to because um his guy he was tailor made, in my opinion, he was tailor made to get knocked out. He had a yep. – uh, his stats was entirely too wide. He didn't he he had he didn't really have a um much head movement at all. He was a southpaw, which um Carlo has been known to – um he calls himself the southball killer, <laughs> but um he does very well against the southball. hes a very good boxer, so um i don't think i wouldn't say I'm necessarily impressed, but he did what he had to do, and I don't know about you, but I'm getting a little i know i know it's not his fault, but I'm getting a little um uh, tired of watching these um uh, very good level fighters fighting guys that are nowhere near their levels of, of um opposition because it seems like back to back to back week we have triple g fighting steve jelly rolls. I know we didn't talk about that fight yet for good reason because it didn't have it didn't deserve to be talked about. Next week we had Tyson Fury versus Tom Schwartz, which nobody has ever heard of. He has never, he never fought anybody with a post and somehow um, became the number two <laughs> ranked fighter in the WBO. And then the next fight, and the next week we have Charlo fighting uh, Jorge Coden which the only time I've ever seen him fight was when he got knocked out by Erickson Lubin, when Erickson Lubin was still a prospect. And then the next week we have the other Charlo fighter Brandon Adams, which I know he's not a scrub, but he 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 did win the contender, but he but at the end of the day it's a contender TV show. I mean, he's not you no know, A level fighter, so we all know what's going to happen in that fight. So I'm I'm just patiently waiting on a competitive fight, and a lot of times in Boston, when you least um, expect a uh, competitive fight, that's when it happens. Good so um, it. did you see the? Um, well, you you did watch the fight, so um, I want to ask you a little bit about the um, the undercard. Like, um, did you see Rego? Like Democratic.
0: Really, uh, oh, yeah. Did he look old oh, to you? Yeah. He looked old to me but that but but he decided he was tired of hearing about the chatter and about him running and boxing right. and moving. And he stood in there and he hit with that overhand and he went to sleep. I had never seen him that aggressive. <laughs> but he was taking some shots. But he had made his mind up from the beginning of the fight. I'ma let y'all know I can fight anywhere I want to fight. And that was so unlike him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was going toe to toe, back and forth. I mean, he got shook a couple times, but he finally got just mad and hit him with that shot and put him to sleep. Man, I mean, that was that was a great knockout um, it, off a really rough fight that he kind of made rough because he got away from his normal. I'm going to stick and move and move yeah. around and counter punch kind of thing. He's like, I'm a you know, at a certain point in your career, you feel like I got to if I'm gonna make this money, I gotta make it interesting. And he decided somebody got in his ear. I'm gonna sit down on these punches and, and, and make somebody pay. If that's a rigged dial that shows up, he can make some money.
1: Yeah, so um I agree with you. He um it definitely seems like he made a concerted effort to um to fight on the inside and kind of prove the God is wrong that he can fight and he's not just a guy that well, he is an outside fighter, but all we you know how all the casual boxing fans are like, Oh, all he does is run and stuff like that. And he's showing you I can I can fight this guy's fight and get the stoppage. But um another fight that happened yesterday. Why in the world is Joey Spencer fighting is why is he um the co main event for these um for these cars? Because I think um it's putting a lot of pressure on him. He didn't necessarily have an impressive performance. And I know that's not the matchmaker's fault. But um, he has to show up and perform himself. But there's a lot of pressure on the kid. He didn't necessarily have a great performance, but he he got, um, in my opinion, he got um, some well-needed experience and something he could build on in the future. That's the Michigan guy, and um, I'm looking forward to see him improve. But I I think um, him being on the Colgate event is a little too much for him at this at this point in time. What you um What what was the takeaway from George's point
0: yeah, I, just think, I, I think he's too cool for school. I mean, he should have been using his jab more. But I tell you what, I was, I was uh, impressed with Akeem Black. Sometimes in these fights you find a young person, and I know, uh, 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 you know, the commentators are like, sometimes you discover somebody while watching somebody else. You know, I know he's a raw fighter, but right. you know, if I'm a trainer, I'm like, this is a kid from Milwaukee that has a lot of heart came to bang, And I would check him out. And I think it was a great fight for Spence uh, because it gave him a chance to really be tested. But I also think he he made himself too available in ways that when he moves up a competition, he might get put asleep. Sometimes you can't be too cool. Like he's trying to be too cool. And his dad, father relationship, sometimes his dad is like buddy-buddy with him in ways that is not challenging. And this is where the father-son dynamic, Can be wrong. At some point, I think he needs somebody who can challenge him, and his dad might be the second. You know, they got to change the dynamics of that relationship because he fought uh, the wrong way. I was going to ask him, was Virgil Hunter
1: not there yesterday? I I wasn't necessarily
0: paying attention to the in between rounds. Well, Virgil Hunter wasn't. I didn't hear Virgil in his corner, I heard his father.
1: Yeah, Virgil Hunter, he, he had been his trainer for the last year, so.
0: Um, yeah, when I, I when I, when was I, I first was dominated, yeah, his dad was dominating yesterday. So I don't know if anything changed or Virgil couldn't oh, make okay. it. But
1: Virgil, because I heard he's coming, coming back home. to Michigan. Yeah, so I heard he is leaving so, Virgil Hunter. but I didn't know if Virgil Hunter wasn't there for that point because he fought yeah, like that without Virgil Hunter. I think he needs to go back.
0: <laughs> he needs to go back to Virgil Hunter. He needs somebody like his dad is not the person for him. He needs somebody like Virgil or somebody who can keep him on task. And that tells you a lot about, you know, are you coachable? Can you be pushed or don't you want to be pushed?
1: And I, he's
0: he's got a lot of talent, great guy, folks, great to the body. He's got a lot of good stuff. But he's taking entirely too many shots for somebody with his skill set, you know. Um, right, so I think did
1: that's... you yeah. – No, so can keep going
0: on right. No, I was just saying that he's taking too many shots this early in his career when well, he doesn't have to.
1: Oh, okay. You see, did you see Little b Little B-Hot Cobra? I know he doesn't want to be called Little B-Hot, but Mama yeah, called no, him Little b going Mama called him Little b yeah, yeah, I didn't get a chance
0: to watch that one. I I, I caught it late. So I missed that one. I
1: think yeah, he was the yeah, he was the very first fight, and he was very impressive. He um he boxed up. He always does, and if somebody comes him, he's going to be an absolute problem. The guy out of New York. He has very slick defense. He uh he has an attitude with him. Cause he, he he has a lot of uh, that that in him. Where he um he is a boxer that uh, that can flip punches. He's a very good counter puncher. But at the same time, he can just tell he has a mean streak about him. Like even in the last round, he was motioning at the dude like he like a little beat out. He you got know, eleven to zero. But his eleven his eleven zero is um very stiff competition because he's a guy that he he was saying he doesn't want to fight guys that are way lesser way lesser than him. He wants to fight like as good opposition as he can find. So that's why he hasn't been necessarily as active as most prospects are. Most prospects you see him fight four or five times a year. And last year, I think Chris Cobra only fought like twice. But um mm-hmm. he fought. He was he did a great job. But I think the sixth and final round, I don't know if it was the sixth round or eight round fight, but um fight round was the last round, he just stood in the corner and motioned back to um, the other fighter, which, is, which isn't which uh, – he wasn't necessarily a horrible fighter, especially for a guy with his experience. Um, he was just motioning at, at him. like, come on, come forward, come forward. And he let him get off for like a good – for a good 45 seconds. He was blocking punches too, but he was blocking punches in training. But he just let him go check and and fight on the inside. But then with a good uh, minute and a half left in the, in the line – he um, put, pushed them off and started going to work again. And he almost got the stoppage at the end of the fight. Um he 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 was very impressive in that fight and I was looking forward to see how how um he progresses and see what his what his next fight is and hopefully he can be more active. And uh, one day I believe one day I believe he's gonna be a true champion. So, um, that's going to wrap up the fights that we had. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Any fights that are coming up? I know we have Keith Herman and um, Manny Pacquiao coming up. But well, that's a good month off. So, anything else you want to talk about?
0: I got it. I think that's all good. I think we got to get you with a blog up on Real Sports Guys. We need you to write up a blog on some of these future fights and some of these opinions. So, I need to get you to submit me something so we can get you up there on Real dot com put put a little blog up there uh with some of the thoughts that you have. So I think that's the next move for us.
1: Sounds good. Uh might be something I should look into. And um I'm Darnell from Real Sports Guys. I'm here with um your boy Devon Wilson and this is another episode of um RG, a boxing Mother.